listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're part of the America's Broadcast Network now and we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you may be listening to America's Biz Radio, America's <laughs> Chat Radio. But anyway, we're all part of the same thing, America's Broadcast Network, and we do appreciate you tuning in to the Classic Car Show. I guess you could say two-thirds of us are here. Two-thirds. The Brill Cream Kid's on the road. The Brill Cream. I hope he's waxing down or slicking down wherever he might be. Well, he and, uh, he and Brenda are on the Glidden Tour, but they're riding in the back seat of someone's car. And he can't call in from. Does he? Did, you reckon he knows that that a cell phone is remote? I hope so. <laughs> well, the poor guy. You got to have a little sympathy for him. He starts out in one car and it doesn't work, and then he starts out in the next car and it doesn't work. So he's got to go in his everyday transportation and ride in the back seat, which unfo- well, that's a shame, though, because when, when, he. When you told me that. You know, and I'm a little slow. No, I'm not a little slow. I'm real slow. <laughs> and you add a you add a case of dumb to it, then you got a real problem, as I've found over the years. But the fact of the matter is, when you told me that this morning, I got to thinking: Does that say anything about the mechanic that he has working on those cars? No, no, they're old. Oh, yeah. You and I have parts that don't work. So speak for yourself. <laughs> yep. All of my what, what's the what's the song? Uh, I can do it once just as good as I. Uh, no, I can do it. I can do it. Uh, I that once. I don't. Yeah, yeah. This is a country and western song. Well, I can I, do it once as good as I used to. Or no, it 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 beats me. Okay, I'll, I'll come up with it in a second. I'll give it. All to right. You. Well, anyway, um, this month is the seventieth anniversary of Road and Track magazine. Now, can you imagine that? That magazine. Seventieth. Seventy years. Okay, uh, so I used to get it when I was about twelve or thirteen. Okay, loved cars. Yep. Love cars. And uh, it I, would have been out about 10 years then. I can tell you the first issue I got on the newsstand was 1957. It was in probably the October issue. I can't do it as good as I once could, but I can do it once as good as I ever could. Say what? <laughs> I can't do it as good as I once could, but I can do it once as good as I ever could. Okay. That's a country and western song. All right. All right. It, but I thought this was a car show. It's a country and western, western. car. And which brings me up to one of our things. I didn't mean to interrupt your thoughts. No, there, but, but go ahead. Is uh, I want a barn fine. And that's country and western. Oh, car, yeah. Car yeah. Well, you know, there is a... Um, website on barn finds and there's a guy out west idaho i think or montana or wyoming that sends out notification of barn finds and i believe it's www.barnfind.com but i'll get three or four emails a day from them about barn finds and it's a very 
nice website, and they you know they don't beat you up or anything else. You just look at what they have, or you can just delete it. So, do they get a commission off of the? I don't know. I, I don't. I've never done any business. Would, with would you them. do me a favor and send me that link? Yeah, I, I would. I yeah, would, I. If nothing else, just to harass my wife with, look at what I'm going to buy. Yeah. Oh, gee. Well, the the king of barn finds is Tom Cotter. And Tom Cotter co-authored the book with Bill Warner on the cars in Cuba. And remember, that's the book you didn't have the white cotton gloves, so I wouldn't let you because it was a present to my brother-in-law. But... Uh, and it was, it's a fabulous book if anybody wants to know about cars in Cuba. and Well, just to Cuba, period, the photography is phenomenal. So Tom Cotter has written four or five books on barn finds, including I think one of them is titled The Cobra in the Barn. And on YouTube, Tom Cotter has a video now, and I think it's it's done with one of the automotive insurance companies. And you could see him going through barns and interviewing people about it too. So it's sort of like Glenn Carini and his, or uh, uh, gosh, not Glenn, Mr. Carini, Wayne Carini. I'll be all right this morning, <laughs> David. Uh, he does barn finds. And he pulls neat stuff out. I know one of them that's very distinctive with me is a Minerva which is a very rare car and a beautiful car. So you've got plenty of barn find opportunities, David. And uh, my daughter was telling me in upstate New York, one of her friends was clearing out a barn for an estate, and there was a Pierce Arrow in the barn. Now what happened to it, I don't know. I believe it was a factory sedan body and not a a touring car are special. And so barn finds are barn finds, and they're fun finds. Well, uh, did I ever tell you, uh, you know, I've told you a million times about my Healy. Yeah. But did I ever tell you how I how I came to uh, get the Healy? No. Lubbock, Texas. I'm driving down a... Not a fairly popular street, but one not too far from campus. And I'm just driving down the street with my head flopping around, looking around. And there's an Austin Healey, and a guy's in polishing it. Okay? In, in a garage. Bar. Oh, in a garage. Okay. And uh, so I, I just I whipped into the driveway, a young fella, in school, like I was. And... Uh, I said, would you be interested in selling this Healy? I gave the car away. I look at the prices today. I gave it away when I sold it. He gave it away to me when he sold it, and I'm sure he has kicked himself umpteen hundred times. Hey, we all do that. And uh, he said, sure, what do you give me for it? And I, I popped off and gave him a number, and he said, sure. And I wrote him a check and said, it's now my car. And uh, he wow, 2500 Now, was this before the GTO or after? This was uh, after. After the GTO. Yeah. This okay. was the last car I had in Lubbock. Was the, it was a 67 Austin Healey. Okay. And I bought it. It would have been in like 60, 
No, it was no, it was after I came back from would have been in 70 summer of 1970. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, it was hey. a 3-year-old car and and chromed under the hood, under the bonnet and everything was chromed under the bonnet and I you know, I I just I, there was one listed the other 145,000. Well, that's welcome. Welcome just, to the real world. Um, makes my heart just well, want to cry. A lot, a lot of guys didn't have them when they were new, but wanted them when they were new. And now that they're older and they can afford them, they're willing to pay for them. Yeah. That's, that's basically what happens. I mean, um, I love my Healy. I would love to have another. If anybody's listening, they want to make me a deal on a on a Austin Healy. Please contact me immediately before I croak. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I I can't pay. I had a friend that that had a '66, I think, and it was that yucky powder blue. I mean, just it was ugh. And it had it's the dark light, blue interior, light, light blue metallic yeah. with a dark blue. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that was a my, common Healy color. My God, he got like this was this was before he died, uh, about four years ago, I guess. He got a small fortune for that. Hey, we all have car stories. I, I've got one go for you. No, 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 no! Please don't, please don't, don't leave me alone in here. I'm liable to say something, get us all in trouble. Um, I have a friend, Hank, known Hank for a long time, smart guy, builds his own hot rods. He is a real car guy. He owned a Healy, a 106, which was one of the early ones, for 50 years. Holy cow. He just sold it to someone in Sweden. And I have no idea, but it must have been for a healthy sum for Hank to give it up. So he went out and found an absolutely gorgeous C6 Grand Sport convertible, like new, like low mileage, less than 10000 on it, and he's happy as a lark. So once in a while, you, you got to change. And he built a Zipper hot rod. Zipper's a uh, glass body company out of the West somewhere that make beautiful... Um, track roadster bodies anyway and he built this gorgeous hot rod hank is an incredibly creative guy so that's the healy story i have now i have a second healy story mr moxley are you paying attention i'm always because this is gonna there's gonna be a test on this i found staying awake is a test for me but i found me a healy a 104 Manual, the bound original 104 manual. Like I got for my Mark III? Yeah, yeah, the thick book, yeah. the bound one. Yeah. Yeah, I have one for 104. Now all I have to do is find 104M or something. To <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I will put out whoever wound up buying, I think it was a doctor, so I know that he wouldn't sell it back to me, but uh, long story. Um, I believe a doctor was the last person to own my Healy here in Atlanta. If he is listening or a friend of his is listening, um, give me a call. I have the manual for that car with all the service records 
threw an eye on it, and uh, wow, I would be glad to uh, talk to them. Beautiful, and, uh, and or see if they'd be interested in loaning me the money to buy it back from them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Well, we originally started out talking about Road and Track magazine. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you were 12 or 13 when you bought your first issue, and I was probably, I can tell you, I was in the seventh grade, so that was probably about the same age. Uh, what, what was Road and Track? What was, was Hot Rod? Hot Rod. It was Road and Track. Sports Cars Illustrated, which became Car and Driver. Yeah, I didn't. Car Life, which was the American rodent version of Road and Track by Bond Publishing. Motor Trend. Motor Trend, that's ha- what I was ha- trying to think. Hot Rod, Rod and Custom, Car Craft. They were all out there. And there were some others, but I'm just talking about the group that was either Bond Publishing or Peterson Publishing that did so much. But Road and Track uh, this month is doing some features, and of course, one of the uh, greatest writers in Road and Track was uh, is Peter Egan, and he recreated a test that he did with his friend Chris Beebe in one of the new Acuras, and uh, went to the West Coast in it. So, uh, what are we going to break it's for? It's time uh, to take a break. I want to right quick before we go to this break, just think. Uh, J.C. Taylor Insurance. They're the folks that you need to call. If you got a classic car and want insurance, uh, just call cla- call J.C. Taylor and tell them classic car uh, got you interested. The other the other company that is so good and makes so much sense. The first company to come out with covered transport, car transport. If you've got a classic car, you don't want any road stuff popping up off the street and hitting your car, whatever. Passport transport and uh, the green trucks, a, the green trucks, the green trucks. And if you need a personal number, just give me a call or email me, and I'll be glad to give you the head honcho's number. <laughs> I mean, you can't get any higher than than this man. Uh-uh. Um, but they are fantastic. They're at the concourse. They they uh, they take cars all over the country and. We'll even work with you on getting one uh, sent overseas or picking one up that you've had shipped in. So think about it, and uh, we'll be back right after a couple of messages. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 
just talking to you about antique car insurance, I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show, only on America's Broadcast Network and America's Web Radio. Wow. And America's Biz Radio and America's Chat Radio and America's Talk Radio. Wow. So we're getting around. We're that's that's uh, that's that's impressive. And I I want to thank everybody that uh, you know th- this is this has turned out to be we're downloading a lot of downloads come Monday morning come Tuesday morning whenever it's posted. Beautiful. It uh, does very well. So yeah. thanks for people tuning in. Thank you and Steve. Well, you're welcome. You know what I want someday? So I want a can of passport transport green paint. I bet you, if nothing else, I bet I can get their uh, their color number. Yeah, the PMS number. Pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that green is gorgeous on those. <laughs> and you, you see them. I saw them coming back from New York this week. So You know, you wonder, and I, isn't it the fact, I think, if I recall, and I'm sorry, my memory's not what it used to be, but the gentleman's name was Passport. It was Bob Pass in St. Louis. Or Pass, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So. He started that. Yeah. So you wonder, I guess his time had come because it, it just, my God, you're, you're, you know, even cars today. Uh, I got one brought in from Illinois, yeah. my Explorer, and um, didn't have any real scratches or anything bad. A lot of bugs. A lot of bugs. Well, you you and had an open transport, an open, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like new cars so, are hauled today. Yeah, and and it's just it just makes sense though. You have a hundred thousand dollar car, fifty thousand dollar car, whatever. Well, the any collector car, car yeah. that that half the parts are unobtainium. So it just makes sense, and for him to come up with that, gee, why don't we enclose? Yeah. Well, here's here's the other thing. Um, the last new car I got, the back door on Sport Utility was full of bugs. Because <laughs> they had backed it on the top of the trailer at the front when they transported it from the factory to the dealer. And I guess the dealer's wash boy <laughs> missed a few bugs on the back door. <laughs> I, now, I don't want you to think this is a leak, but... I will give you some inside information about Passport that uh, I don't think they mind me sharing this. But, you know, you, if you've ever had a car towed or you've ever literally, and you have because you've been in the business so long, but seen them take, put on and take off cars on a transport. And some of them you're, you're sitting there with both hands over your eyes and a little crack in your fingers to see if they made it because you, you're wondering what the heck the guy's doing getting it on or off the trailer but passport and this is why they're so so good they won't hire their drivers and their people that work with the cars the antique classic cars are antique classic car people themselves 
whether they own them or not, they they have been around them, they've worked on them, they know cars. Right. And that's a whole lot of difference between, you know, uh, Fat Joe that uh, all he knows is how to tell somebody to fill it up with gas. Well, uh, I was back in the days in the dealerships. It was after the Model T, but... Not much. I remember there were no roll-on, roll-off boats. They strapped them, picked them up with a crane, and put them in the hold of the ship, and then took them off that way, and you don't know what got bent or dropped or what. And then you had a lot of truckers that didn't understand them because the cars didn't have tie-down points then. Manufacturers finally did that. When the E-Type Jaguars first came out, they had a problem with some of the transport companies. And for a while, while I was uh, going to school, as we say, um, I would fly to Chicago and drive them out to make sure, you know, that the car got out there and, and nothing was wrong with it. And the reason why they had me do it, because there were a few idiosyncrasies with the Jags that were prone to overheating or the tack drive gearbox gave up or something else happened with it. And some of the times I was able to fix it or, you know, not, nothing bad happened to the car. So that's the kind of thing in the imported car business in the early 60s, you didn't know. <laughs> you know you, it was a risk anyway, and you really had to inspect them coming off the truck. Oh, you know, I'll even, I'll see that and match you one. No. Uh, <laughs> my first new Mercedes that I bought for my wife for, for, Chris, for a Christmas present. Last one I ever bought, too, but I mean, last one for a Christmas present. But the first one... Uh, the dealership here in Atlanta, uh, it, it was in Tallahassee or somewhere. I can't remember where where the car was. Yeah. But the the dealership here said, "Okay, we can either have it trucked up or we'll have it driven up." Now, if I were you, I would swallow the pill that it was going to put three hundred miles on the car and have it driven up over transported. And that's what I did, yeah. and the reason was there was la- it's bad when there's less potential of damage by driving it than by transporting. Th- but this was in 1980, 1984, I think. Yeah. Well, a lot a lot of dealers have retired guys like me, you, Steve, that. Uh, you don't put me in the retired Well, category. you know what I'm talking about, guys. Old category, retired yes. a- Retirement age people. Yes. Boy, are we sensitive today. Yes. Anyway, and these guys know what they're doing, and they drive them. A lot of dealers have, them, have guys like that, and it's easy. And some dealers that have a situation where the customer does not want the car driven, wants it with zero miles on it, they have their own trailer and their own truck, and they have a professional guy driving for them. So things have changed dramatically. And, of course, today it's hard to inventory everything someone wants. So there are dealer swaps and dealer pickups. I had a car that uh, the dealer I got uh, or got it from had to go to Myrtle Beach to pick the car up. So... You know, that's uh, the beautiful thing about 
passport is, as you say, their their drivers are all car people. Know what they're doing. So, and that's that's a good thing. Um, going back to road and track, I, I still have to keep talking about road and track because I have a warm spot in my heart for it. Um, there are a lot of great people that uh, have written for road and track and. They mentioned them, which is very nice in the article, but I think Peter Egan is probably the uh, most fav- famous of all of them, and he had his own column for a long time, and now they featured him again. They brought him back. The Isn't thing, No, he's still alive. He's a veteran, though, a Vietnam War vet. Heck of a nice guy, car enthusiast, motorcycle enthusiast, great writer on top of it. They've had some great people there, and and you know they they've had famous people like Phil Hill on the staff, and um, oh gosh, I'll, I'll think of his name in a minute. Was there uh, Ennis Ireland did some writing for him, and he was a Grand Prix driver. So uh, and Rob Walker was another one. He owned a Formula One team at one time. So of American journalists, I mean that magazine has really had some great people. You know, we have, for the most part, probably for the for the most of the most part, ninety percent or better of time, we have uh, we stay totally away from politics, particularly on the classic or on the classic car show. Yeah, that's because I go nuts. Yeah. Well, we both saw. But let me ask with with the way things have changed in our world. Be they good or be they bad, and I know you're still into, uh, you know, the magazine, and and obviously you must have gotten the copy of. of have do you see any change? Have they taken any kind of political attitude at no. all towards no. be it no. emissions no. or anything else? No, no, strictly cars. Strictly yeah, yeah, it's just they're, they're good people. Car and Driver's gotten a little political, but Car and Driver's still a good magazine, too. And Automobile, which David E. Davis founded, they're all they're all changing. All three of them have an Internet version of the magazine that I get every day. And uh, I still am the old school. I still want to hold a newspaper. I hate to say this, but I love to smell a new magazine. Yeah. Yeah, the varnish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the same with a magazine. I like to hold it. I like to refer to it instead of turning the electronic box on and, and trying to read and find stuff. And I know you can Google everything on the Internet. That That's fine. I Google, too. But it's just, to me... To, I noticed you drool, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just to pick it up and read it. And I'm going to segue into something else. Antique Automobile Club of America. Yes. They have a fabulous magazine. Amen, brother. Yeah. And it's worth the $35 a year to join the club just to get the magazine subscription. You don't so, even have to read it. You can just drool look, over the look pictures. Look at the pictures, yeah. Yeah. They're not quite as good as an old magazine that I used to take many years ago, but the fold-outs are not bad. I, I, <laughs> oh, man, here we go. No. This is a children's show. Pardon? This is a children's show. Is, yes. Well, yeah. uh, two adults acting like children, maybe. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, no, Antique Automobile, 
magazine is is worth the thirty five dollars a year absolutely. to be a member of the club, let alone all the other things that the club offers you. No, you're you couldn't be. I, I just like I said, I I drool over the pictures. Yeah, and the cars because they were all a lot of them are cars that we lusted after when yeah. we were growing up. Their photography, I I, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's something we ought to do. We ought to interview one of the photographers. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, well, I'll I'll make a point to go after. Yeah, one of them. Road and Track had a great photographer too, and he co-authored some books with uh, Phil Hill and did a lot of pictures. And I think he's retired now. But I, I you know, this is. Folks, this is something that I get on my soapbox a little bit, but you need to support whether you, whether you own one antique car or don't own any like me, but you can still love them, still like them, still appreciate the history. But you have to support the people that are are supporting the the hobby, the right. business, whatever you right. want to call it, and that's the antique yeah. club, you know. Well, and uh, and if you're into electronic media, the club offers you so much stuff electronically from their site. Like if you need to research a car, you get a certain amount of time free every year with access to the library to research. And the library gets incredible collections donated to them. I mean, I remember at one time the only place you could really find detail and things was the Detroit Free Public Library automotive section. And I think AACA now is probably the library to go to for any kind of, uh, you know, research sources. Oh, no question. And I I think Steve's mentioned a few times that uh, if he's had a question on one of his cars, he's gone to the library. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Well, I know the Maxwell... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> More than one question. Oh, yeah, that, you could probably buy that car from him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, AACA does just a marvelous job. Yeah. And uh, and like you said, the magazine is well worth everything. we got to take a break. I was asleep at the switch. Excuse me for that, folks. But we'll be back right after this. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com. 
the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, brought to you by Passport Transport and J.C. Taylor Insurance. Both of them are the number ones in their field in the classic car business. So if you need insurance, call J.C. Taylor. If you need a car transported uh, across the street, across the nation, (laughs) wherever it is, call Passport Transport. So, with that being said, we're back into uh, magazines and... Yeah, well, Road and Track's 70th anniversary, and then we're talking about Antique Automobile Club, and what a benefit it is that, you know, it's, you get that magazine, and you're only paying $35 a year. You know, I'm going to contact uh, Steve... Moskowitz. Moskowitz, and uh, maybe we'll just give a, a free membership away. Or, in fact, I tell you what, if you're listening to this... And you're the first to email me, David at America's com. I'll give you, I'll pay for your a free wow. one year membership. I, where's my computer? Where's your computer? <laughs> uh, or if you're a young just, guy, you could get a lifetime membership and it's worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not giving them a lifetime. I'm just giving them a membership. Uh, I, I, I know, to introduce but, them but to it, the that's magazine. a bargain. Uh, it's not for me, but. No, it, it's such a magazine that if, if people haven't seen it, don't know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and but to go to any of their events, and, and I'm, uh, you know, you, they have tours, they've got regional meets, which are, to me, some of the best car shows I've ever been to in my life. You know, the correct me if I'm wrong, I'm seldom wrong, except in my house, but... Well, that comes with the territory. That comes with the territory, yes. Um, I would say the biggest thing that AACA has done, and I haven't been in, I've been involved with the Classic Car Show now for 12 years, but certainly not with AACA like Steve is and being on the board and like you've been uh, a member for years and years. But I would, as someone on the outside looking in, I would say the biggest thing that AACA has done over the years has been to establish a standard in the hobby or in the business, in the field, whatever you want to call it. But they have established standards in, uh, I guess, from judging up and down the gambit. Right. Of, you know. Well, and the tours that they do uh, that, you know, some of them are 25 years old and older. Some of them are from 29 on and then there's the brass car stuff um there and their meets now about the only thing they don't cover are custom cars and hot rods yeah but i mean you've got good guys and you've got the national street rod association i mean syracuse national draws 7500 cars a year louisville the Nationals there in August, there's probably eight or 9,000 cars at that. So, I mean, that's the kind of activity in this hobby. The hobby is such a broad spectrum. An AACA is, is one part of the hobby if, if you're interested in, in originality. All right, let me ask. I'm going to throw you a hard one. Uh-oh. Define hobby and business. Well, hobby is, I guess for lack of a better, is a person who does not earn an income off the hobby and 
uses the hobby as an activity for themselves, whereas a business is someone that buys and sells cars or produces or buys and sells parts. I mean, we've had the Cantors on, we've had um, Bob Drake on, we've had uh, the gentleman in Charlotte that makes the yeah. uh, all Ford Carpenter. Okay. Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, all these, those are businesses. And, and that's where the hobbyist goes to get what he needs, whether he's building a hot rod or he's restoring a car. And a lot of these companies are licensed by either Ford or General Motors or Chrysler or whomever to produce parts either from the original tooling or copies of the original tooling. And, I mean, Jay Leno is an amateur. He's got his own restoration shop and everything, but he's a collector. He's an amateur. But then you go back and you look at some of the other guys and uh, come to mind probably the Canters. Yeah. They sell Packard parts. That's their business. That's their that's their income, their their livelihood. So that's the difference between them. I, you know, I can't address passport, but I can address one of the, the one of the things that. We lacked, and, and like I said, Bob Wallace, uh, J.C. Taylor Insurance has been with us from the get-go, is the fact that he is a collector as well. Yeah. And he is into classic he's both. Cars. Yeah, he's a collector and a businessman because yeah. he insures him. He offers a service. It's like when Bob Pass had Passport Transport, he was a car collector too. And saw the need. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's the kind of thing um, as part of the hobby. Now, some guys buy cars, and for lack of a better word, flip them, and they're businessmen. But I've got a a gentleman here in in, uh, Atlanta that likes lead sleds. That's... I'm sorry, what? Lead sleds. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... 40s and 50s custom cars, chopped, channeled, sectioned, a lot of lead work back then. And that's why they called them lead sleds. Mercury's, that kind of thing. Oldsmobiles were big. And Bugsy researches all these cars and goes and finds them and buys them and drives them for a while and sells it and gets another one. But that's not his livelihood. He's still an amateur collector. But he buys them and and, and enjoys them. Well, look at Steve. Steve's bought some. I don't want to look at Steve. Yeah, he's bought some Bow Wows and (laughs) gotten rid of them. I remember a Porsche he bought us out of a swamp and hauled it to my house. (laughs) Is that is that like the uh, everybody's heard the fifteen hundred dollar brand new Corvette out in the desert? Yeah. Oh no no no. This was a car that this was this was wore up. And I was afraid to park it in my garage because something would crawl out of it. <laughs> my wife was nervous, and I called him up. And yeah, Brenda did the same thing. He bought a Packard one time. And <laughs> she, All right, let's call it, okay, Packard, in my opinion, 
Packards were ugly. Hudson's were ugly. Mercury's were ugly. Uh, what other cars can you name that um, Studebakers? You couldn't tell whether they were coming or going. Um, so what do you think were beautiful back then? The Osmobiles. Uh, Fords and Chevys, basically. Um well, fifty-five, fifty-six, seven Fords and Chevys. Uh, I mean, they were oh, yeah. stunning. Oh yeah, the, they well, were so far. Ahead I guess what's the, the what's the most popular car ever? The fifty-seven Chevy. Well, Impala any or? of the Tri Fives, fifty-five, yeah. six, or seven. I but, never, I never liked the Fords, fifty-five, fifty-six, and as much as the. I mean, the home run had to be the Chevy fifty-seven Chevy Impala. That that had to be the home run of two eighty-three Fuley, huh? Yeah. <laughs> And it was that, you know, it was that, as I recall, you know, they'd come out stock with a two-barrel, and you could change the manifold, put a four or, or, or well, two fours on it without you, And you could order a, a power pack. On. You could order it with a, a, a power pack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my uncle had a 210 four-door with a power pack with dog dish hubcaps. And what, was it 57 or 59... That Ford came out with the uh, stock interceptor that they sold to a lot of police stations, but they also. Um, well, it was called a police interceptor, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could buy it as a. Yeah. You didn't have to be a. A police. <laughs> police. A city. Yeah. City. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. It, 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 I, I know hope, they had them in 58. Uh, you Because know, I, I had a friend that had one. I would hope that. Uh, well, was that a 312 Y block then? 58, I can't it must remember. have been. Yeah, but it, but, but it had the, a four barrel that was about the size of a pumpkin. Yeah, and you'd step on the gas and it, the hood had sucked down yeah. an inch. <laughs> yeah. um, um, no, the, the police interceptor engine I thought was the 428. Could be. I, I yeah. yeah. Because. The 427 Cobra came with either a 427 side oiler or a 428 police interceptor engine in it. <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you couldn't stand behind them; your eyes would water. Yeah, and and you had to run ethyl gasoline with lead in it. <laughs> I even knew people. They, uh, as I recall, they had they had a little. ID identification something on the and I had friends that would take that off because they didn't want the person that they were about to race to know what they had oh in boy theirs, you know that must have been a Texas thing a West right. Texas thing well I grew up thinking that a stoplight was a was a tree at <laughs> at the racetrack you know a tree at, at the drag strip I didn't know any better oh man I, I remember when I was in the army in San Antonio we'd go to the drag strip on Saturday nights in fact you know when as I was growing up you'd be at a stoplight red stoplight then it would go to yellow then it'd go to green well the city took out the yellow part because too many people were using it as a as a tree as a tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're good old days. We got to take yeah. a break again. It's terrible, terrible. But we'll be back right after this. 
You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio on America's Broadcast Network. Uh oh, you're going like to be hearing more and more about this broadcast network. We're going big time, huh? Hopefully. Oh, um, man. Um, we got some people that are picking up our shows, too. Good. That, uh, good. We're. Yeah, we've been very blessed. Um, Speaking of things, the other beautiful thing about this hobby are the number of what I call events. Cars and coffee, caffeine and octane, or you get guys that just kind of meet. We've got guys that meet every Saturday at our local Panera on the first Sunday of every month because our caffeine and octane's gotten so big that there's a split-off group. And, I mean, the hobby's incredible when you take a look because there's everything there from what you can buy at a new car dealership today all the way back to old brass cars that show up once in a while. So the hobby, it's a great hobby. And it started on the West Coast. I know they had to close the one down, but I used to go to Donuts in Huntington Beach, and it was all of us old guys. (laughs) And um, Gurney'd show up, Jerry Grant'd show up. Oh gosh, some of the old drag racers that show up, the hot rod guys. Big Daddy? No, <laughs> oh, he's in Florida yeah. though. Yeah, and he's he. Thank God he's still with us. But so God, many he's of these guys. He's got to be one hundred and fifty. Yeah, or two hundred. I, I can remember him racing at Amarillo. Yeah. Strip, you know. Well, the swamp rat. Yeah. <laughs> now that goes back. Ah, oh, the fun of either. Most of us worked, so it was hard to take off on Saturday. But we'd either take off late Saturday night, or our parents would let us get up at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and a bunch of us would go up to Amarillo Drag Strip for the Sunday finals. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. We had Cordova, Illinois, and then Cahoka, Missouri was an eighth mile. An eighth mile. Yeah, and that's like a sneeze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So They could barely get started before they yeah. finished. And then there was U.S. 30 drag strip outside of Chicago in Gary, Indiana, Sunday in Detroit <laughs> Dragway. 
I remember going to Detroit Dragway and <laughs> there was there was uh, I can't remember the highway, maybe it's eighty two, maybe between Lubbock and Amarillo, and what they had for mile markers were state patrol <laughs> cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could all every mile, you know. Yeah. Um, not really, but they, they were always highly visible, yes. to say the least. Yes, yes, yeah. Yep. And they might have caught a few people on occasion. Yep. Well, hey, what can I tell you? Um, anyway, so there's so many of these neat car events that are just, what they're I mean they're organized but they're not organized it's not a club activity it's just a bunch of car guys that get together the, so my biggest problem with that and I, I would like for you to get out the orchestra the violins as many okay. as you can is that I go to one of those yeah and my I can't shut off my wannas yeah well you did that one that one time before they had to move from the one up at North Point, you were there. Um, I got to switch gears again because there's something else I want to talk about today. Do you remember in Hot Rod Magazine the cartoonist that did Stroker McGurk and the Stroker McGurk cartoons? They they were sketched by Tom Medley. Now, Tom has left us. He was 93. But there's a book out now of all the Stroker McGurk cartoons, and they were fabulous, and the book is unbelievable. So if anybody's listening that's a Stroker McGurk or an old Hot Rod Magazine fan, you can get a copy of the book. I believe if you Google, you'll find it. Uh, I don't know if Amazon sells it. I really don't. But... You know, those were all things we grew up with. And and Tom Medley was with Peterson Publishing for years. And, of course, um, that whole group and that bunch of magazines uh, became very successful. So put that down in your little things to look at, Stroker McGurk. I remember that. Yeah. You know what I remember is... His signature, the McGurk. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. That was very distinctive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Tom Medley. Yeah, yeah. He was a funny man. Yeah. yeah. So that's one to think about. And also... Do we both have Alzheimer's because we're remembering all this stuff from the past and can't remember where we had breakfast this morning? Huh? Do we have breakfast? <laughs> Good question. Anyway... Um, Car magazines really kind of supported the hobby for a long time, and now everything's gone electronic, which sucks. Yeah, if you if you if you uh, are into hot rods and, <laughs> and Fords and stuff, I mean, there's websites for that. There's sports car websites. And Do you remember how you could tell the best article or the best ad in in one of those magazines? No, it's where the greasy thumbprint was. Oh. <laughs> Okay, all right, yeah. Or you'd be, I don't know, I can't address you, but I can address me. Uh, I picked up a friend of mine every morning to go to high school. And I, 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 this is just something built in. I hate to be late, so we were always 10 or 15 minutes early to our 
paid for a parking place, but I always had a magazine, at least one in the car, and the curled up pages probably, but would sit there before school and read read one of the articles or whatever, or look at the ads, or look at the center. No, I, not that. I, but didn't you always have one in your car with you? No. Really? No. Oh, I, I, I mean, I rode to school w- with friends, but they weren't car guys. Oh. They had nice cars, but they weren't car guys. Oh, no. I, my friend and I, or I was in, he, he wasn't. He, he didn't have his own car. That's why he was hitching a ride with me. But, um, you know, he liked cars. But I, I, the biggest deal in the world was every Friday afternoon after school, first thing I'd do is go home and, and tune my three deuces, you know, get the car ready for the weekend. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, hey. Uh, I, mean, I love that sound. Yeah. Well, today, you don't do that anymore. It's all electronic now. I would have no clue of, of uh, anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can Oh, this, I've told you this before, and this is just terrible. But I could be mesmerized by the timing light. I love seeing it. Blink, 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 uh, blink. Uh, <laughs> you know? Well. So uh, I'm nuts? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, today you just plug it into a port and you got everything. <laughs> There's no points at condenser anymore. And of course, half the points that you buy today are made someplace else offshore, and they're no good. Yeah. So I run into that all the time with friends of mine. Sit there with on, with your hand on the distributor. Uh, yeah, and, and hope to God you don't get shocked. Yeah. And, oh, I've been there and done that before. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Well, that's how you found out if you had spark or not. <laughs> I learned that there were better ways to find out than. Yep. Um. So the Healy's the big thing today, huh? You, you, you're looking for a Healy. Yeah, if, if somebody has one or somebody uh, yeah. knows, <laughs> well, oh, man, go. that I could afford, which yeah. is nothing. Well, but what can I tell you? I know, I know. And Ain't it, life of whatever. Well, yeah, but it's fun to dream, and uh, it's fun to go through the Antique Automobile magazine and see this stuff. Hemmings, another one, that, that big, thick monthly Hemmings. It's about an inch thick. And, of course, Hemmings has a um, newsletter that they send out every day, which is interesting, that I uh, subscribe to, and it's very good. So, you know, electronic media is really kind of taking over the print, but it's fun to pick up the magazine and read it. And, of course, Hemmings will answer anything for anyone. Well, you know, uh, there's a... a I can remember, and you can too, I'm sure, or you probably had, like I did, a couple of older friends that were into cars and were not, they were the old term shade tree mechanics. Yeah. And you could pick up knowledge and information from them about adjusting the carburetors, about your timing. About the uh, the tappets, uh, mm-hmm. you know how. What do you want to lift? And I had a friend that 
he did all of his mechanics with with one hand basically the other hand if it was a running job that he was doing the other hand was on a fender feeling and making yeah. sure it was you know he was timing it or whatever but you could sit down and talk to him or 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 stand there and watch him or whatever that doesn't happen today that I know of. Well, no, and there's no carburetor and electric service anymore. Right. They're gone. There's still independent repair shops, but it's mostly the late mechanical stuff. You'll still find some old guys that do repairs. Steve knows them because he takes some of his old stuff to some of these guys. So, But that's a hobby. The beautiful thing is these colleges like McPherson and the trade schools are teaching the young people stuff to carry on the hobby. And that's that's important. Oh. Because that's the only way it's going to exist. And AACA has youth programs. That's another great thing about the AACA. And they give scholarships. Can you imagine owning a car that has a carburetor and not be able to get it rebuilt or not be able to have somebody adjust it or tune it? or Well, know. thank God I've got a couple friends that do that and know what they're doing and do a beautiful job of it. And they're amateur hobbyists. They're not in business. They're the guys that are doing their own cars. And, and one of them's a hot rodder, but, I mean, if I had a small block Chevy, he'd be the guy I'd go to. And I'd pull up in front of his house and say, hey, can you help me? And he'd be right out there to do it just to, you know, make sure it's done right. So The good old days. We ought to have well, a song written about the, the good old days. Well, there are. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them out there. But I think, uh, I hope our listeners go out and buy a copy of the uh, seventh anniversary of Road and Track if they... Uh, are interested at all in in the history and what's transpired over the years it's mostly foreign cars but that's okay and then subscribe to uh, join AACA and uh, $35 a year and it's the best deal magazine wise find a local cars and coffee or caffeine and octane on a Saturday and just take your son or your grandson down there and, and look at the cars and introduce them to, to automobiles and what what cars are and what carburetors are, as David says, and and there's some gorgeous stuff around. And let the kids sit in them. That's the thing I like about Steve is if one of the little guys wants to sit in his 1910 Model T, he lets him. That's so, important. Yeah, yeah. I've got another friend uh, that's got an old yellow TR3, and if it's parked somewhere, and if somebody walks up and looks at it, a little kid. He'll let them sit in it, which is, which I think is great, because that's how I learned about it. Is I got excited about sitting in MGTDs back in the early fifties, so that was, uh, you know, kind of an introduction. And then I got into hot rods too, because we had hot rods when I grew up. But GTOs oh, yeah. when I went to college, oh my God. Kids that show up. One kid's dad was a Chevy dealer, and he always had some nice stuff. So, you know, it was it was fun. Well, we got to go. Oh, 
Folks, thanks for listening to the Classic Car Show. We'll be back next week on America's Web Radio. We appreciate you tuning in, and you can always find us on our archives. So we'll see you next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio.